a request that everybody stays calm at the current moment, for there is a zombie apocalypse currently happening on the west coast. Do stay inside. Do not go out under any circumstances. If any zombies happen to get into your house, shoot them in the head or remove the head from... Well, welcome to another PaulCast, and it's the only podcast on the web that features me. So talk about creating a niche market. So anyway, today I'm going to be talking about something that anybody who's ever sold anything uh, is not going to like very much. And the idea is that clients get three estimates before they make a purchase. We're making getting three three estimates in a lot of different worlds. Uh, so you got to love that purchasing mindset. I know when I was a salesperson, wasn't real thrilled with that. But it may or may not be a good idea. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And today, my guest um, is Paula Harvey. Now, she's Vice President of HR at Schulte Business Systems. And I'll be honest, I'm a little intimidated here. She has more initials after her name than a fake doctor. She's a MBA. She's got an M-E-S-H, an A-S-C. Not to mention, she's got awards and recognitions from SHRM, from North Carolina SHRM or NC SHRM. I'm not sure if she can tell me that. Charlotte area SHRM. That confirms North Carolina for me. And she's received a Golden Hornet for teaching life-saving techniques to 500 Girl Scout and Boy Scout leaders. Makes me wonder if she got paid in cookies. I think I might have liked that. But enough of the intro and, and and all of that. But let's get on with the show and start talking about the whole idea of getting three estimates or three three points of view, I guess. So welcome, Paula, to the Paulcast. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. Well, I appreciate you taking a few minutes today and, and let's talking about some of these things. One of, you know, this podcast kind of started as, you know, advice you would give your younger self or somebody that was just starting out. And it's kind of just morphed into what is some good advice. So I'm, I'm kind of, I was interested when, when you posted on the, the form that's on our, my website that should, that one of the areas you wanted to talk about was like always get three estimates. And I was thinking to myself, you know, we haven't really talked about that, but then my mind started going crazy and I had some, you know, different opinions. But why don't you, set the stage for us when when you were writing that in there what exactly were you meaning by always get three estimates well what i think is interesting is what you just said is that uh, it was advice to your younger self and and to be honest that was advice i got when i was my younger self and probably about 30 years ago is when i got that advice <laughs> and um it was my first hr job right out of college from ut austin and i was working in retail so i worked uh, what what uh, became the macy's corporation and now um and i was working in a s- small store up in kensington maryland White Flint uh, Mall, and my boss was a guy named Mark Crisco. Um, I was the HR generalist there. Of course, they called it personnel, but we'll we'll forget <laughs> about that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but I talked to Mark. Came to me. I was trying to get some new things for for our H, for the HR and for the employees there in that store. And he said, Paula, whatever you do, I have one piece of big advice for you: always get three estimates. And that has sat with me my whole career. And I felt like, you know, that was some of the best advice. And I've taught over 9,000 students now between North Carolina and now in Texas. 
And I tend to give that piece of advice almost to every single uh, student I've ever had, just because I think it is such a good piece of advice, especially since we have in, in HR, um, as but we we you know have to purchase a lot of things, or we set, start initiatives, or we do whatever it is. And I always say, get three bids, get three pieces of advice, get three whatever, because it seems like at least three. Usually, you know, if it's one against another, sometimes it's harder to decide what's the best. When you get that third one in, it makes it a lot easier to say, ah, I know which one I want to do. In fact, I just changed uh, benefits brokers here at our organization um, a couple of uh, weeks ago. And absolutely, we had three very strong bids, and it was, but it was clear who, because we had the three, who was going to be the winner. Yeah, you know, it's funny because... <clears throat> I think you're right. Having three, there is a, a, some magic to that number because it kind of uh, it breaks a tie, or it it allows some weight to kind of slide to one side of the scale a little bit. That kind of then can inform your decision because, like you said, that third one comes in, and all of a sudden it kind of enlightens uh, some of the decisions. And I think. You know, I, I think about it though from a sales perspective. I hate that. I hate the idea of being compared. <laughs> uh, and and part of it is. That as a salesperson, I'm kind of abdicating some of my power, I think, when somebody says, here's how I'm going to judge you. And I used to always think to myself, but they're not in a position to judge me because I'm in the industry. How do you think of that when you, when you think about, okay, just take your benefits example. Um, how do you think you can protect yourself from creating a situation where you're asking to judge somebody Maybe not on the criteria that makes sense to judge them. Do you know? Do you know where I'm going with that? Actually, I do know where you're going. And and what's interesting for me is I own my own HR and safety consulting firm for 12 years and was very successful. Just wanted to move to Texas to be near our grandchildren. And uh, and I was. Uh, what was interesting is I was uh, the shoe was on the other foot. I was the business developer, the salesperson per se, right. and of course I didn't want them to compare me to get anybody because you know I thought our our firm was amazing, and so you know I I could tell at times when someone would say, "Hey, will you get me a quote for and give me like one day to give it?" So I was like, "Oh, I'm number three. <laughs> so they're just wanting to have me to prove why they're wanting number one. And so I, I and so of course when you get those uh, quotes, uh, those requests for proposals, as we call or RFPs, when you get them like that, you know that yeah, do I really have a chance at winning this proposal, or am I just being used to you know justify why the other one? And and sometimes you don't know that, but uh, it it really is important that. Uh, you know, you try to put your best foot forward because you never know. And I found that one time I was that I could tell I was the third person. But then a year later, all of a sudden that company came back to me and said, you know, we really appreciate what you put into that. Now we want a proposal for this, which we think is a stronger set for you guys. And we ended up, you know, getting a $200,000 contract. So you should always do your best job. And even though you know you may not be winning at this time, you never know when it'll turn around and you'll win it the next time. So that's my advice to sales folks. 
Well, and and that makes a lot of sense. I can totally understand that. You know, I, I used to always subscribe to the the opinion if can't, you know, and I tell my clients this that if it can't be in first place, at least let me be in second. So let me hang around for a little while and just see what's going on, and maybe learn a little bit, and then maybe I'll be in first place in the future. So it's always a, an interesting, you know, when you when you lose a bid uh, to try to figure out how do you then come back. But I have to believe as I listen to the idea of three, always get three bids. Um, have you ever applied that anywhere else? Because my mind kind of went in an interesting direction when I read that as I'm thinking, okay, I get that for purchasing, but what about, right. uh, performance reviews? What about, um, politics? I mean, name anything, <laughs> getting three points of view is kind of, kind of universal, isn't it? Well, it's funny because, uh, I, I actually ran for a political office, uh, uh, back in 2012, and uh, I will never do that again. But um, at least I, I say so now. But <laughs> but before I did it, I went to three different friends to get their viewpoint. Uh, you know, should I really you know put myself through this hell? And, and believe me, it is. And uh, you know, I, they said, "Well, why don't you give it a try?" And luckily, they knew me, knew what I was like, and I had uh, strong skill sets for that position. Uh, and it was a local position. And so it, uh, that, that was a good learning. Uh, you know, I always say that, uh, the money I spent that year on running for that position was a great entertainment factor. Um, so what I would have spent on entertainment, uh, but you know, I, I've applied it to other things like making decisions in my life. And even when I'm deciding to, you know, do things I was actually uh, planning a little vacation thing and I got three different, uh, um, you know, looks at what, what different things we could do for a vacation. And I always take that to my husband and let him uh, say, you know, is there one that you're leaning towards, et cetera. And so then he's always back to me, no, is there one you're leaning towards? I said, well, I'm giving you the same information. I want to see what you think. And I've found that that works very well for me in life in many, many different instances. Interesting, interesting. I know that um, I've been trying very hard, especially after this election, to go out and look at um, you know different points of view, try to kind of balance and get both sides and, and even in the middle. Um, have you ever seen a time when it backfired? Have you ever seen a pro- process where you've done the bidding process and it backfired on you? Yeah, and, and I, like the the company that I was planning to do things with, and um, or whatever, and then all of a sudden they've come back and said, uh, no, we're not going to do it after all." So you, they they won. I've actually seen that with candidates even more so because I do a lot of recruiting, um, and I've got that number one. So I I've found it's always important to have Plan B and possibly Plan C. So, and I always, that's why even when I'm, you know, pl- you know, giving offers to employees, I've got a plan A and it's usually the person I want, but just in case that, that plan A person was so amazing that somebody else re- recognized it too and offered them a job and, and beating me out with that one, maybe it's closer to home, maybe they're more pay, maybe they're whatever, um, that I have a plan B uh, to follow up. But usually I will tell that plan B that they were plan B. And what I find from that plan B candidate who becomes the employee, they spend a lot of time, usually their first year, trying to prove to me and their boss and everyone else why they should have been plan A in the first place. And you actually get a better employee who's more engaged. 
That's interesting, letting people know their position relative uh, to the situation. And I think you're right. I think when you uh, – well, I mean, there's a lot of transparency there too, number one, is that that's mm-hmm. good because they feel good that, hey, you didn't lie to me and tell me, oh, it was because of uh, politics. It was because you were just a hair short of where we were looking. And here's and it gives you now something to focus on moving forward. But whether it's a right. – like you say, whether it's an employee or, or somebody who's – um, you know, offering a service or something or a product to you. So right. how, um, I, I really want to take this kind of in a, a different place because I, where would some place be where you would not ever think to get three opinions, inputs, bids? Is there a place in your mind where that just doesn't, where it falls apart, where it doesn't work? Especially, yes, actually, um, when when uh, you know really what you want to do already, and you just and sometimes I've uh, you know told pers- folks that I'm going to look elsewhere, but I really wasn't going to look elsewhere, and I want them to put their best foot forward. And if if I see that they didn't put their best foot foot forward, or it seems or appears because I you know I've usually done my research. I'm a big Google. And uh, I follow things. I see what others. I have lots of friends, etc., to talk to. And I, I, you know, if I can tell that that, you know, especially like for vendors for me that uh, for, I've actually done this recently on our four hundred one k, and I felt like our our four hundred one k vendors doing a f- phenomenal job. But I just wanted to get fees down a little bit. So I don't really want to change. I don't want to go get other bids. If they can get it to, to a number that uh, we can live with and our whole committee's happy with, then I'll stick with that. So there's times when you don't want to do that because if you start having a bidding war, then, you know, you may get uh, people not happy. Let me ask this. Is, um, you know, I've been in certain, certain bidding situations where, there have been, gosh, eight, ten people responding to a bid or an RFP. What, mm-hmm. where do you think, I get the idea of three is kind of almost a minimum in my mind. That kind of gives you potentially two points of view and a tiebreaker. But after three, what is there another optimal number or is three just it and we ought to stop there? Or are these people that are pushing bids out to ten people doing it? Uh, okay, is that a right? I mean, because I have an opinion as a salesperson, but what do you think? <laughs> well, and I think in the government, such uh, you know, I, I uh, did a lot of work for um, our county and local government back in North Carolina, and part of their thing is they're just supposed to put the bid out. And so they, uh, one time uh, we won a diversity training program, and whew, they had like forty bids. And um, we then they went down to, I think, a top seven and then they had the top three and we were in there and then we we beat out the other competition. And it, it that was grueling. And it was it was a 28 page RFP. And we had to give a we gave something like a 100 page proposal. Um, but it, it was a huge contract. So it was a big deal for us. Um, so, you know, in, in some situations, they'll do that for me. I usually don't care as much about the number. You know, I want to get three, but uh, I will usually give it a time period and say whatever comes in within the next two weeks or whatever time period I decide, depending on, you know, what's going on. Um, I'll tell you what um, I've been doing, you know, especially on the recruiting side, I'll say, you know, I want to get, you know, three strong candidates. But sometimes I, I, I just did one for a 
uh, IT person and I had about mm, 200 strong candidates and then I had to you know, wow. narrow and narrow and narrow it down. And so, and, and I only had that placed for like two weeks uh, on, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm inundated. There's a lot of IT people in Houston. And <laughs> so, so that, you know, it, it depends. And, you know, it really allowed me to be so picky and so choosy. And we ended up getting a phenomenal person here that we're very pleased with. So sometimes that's helpful, you know, and, you know, but sometimes you have to just put a time period because you may just be inundated. And I'll tell you, in the recruiting area, it, it can be just overwhelming because it's so easy to apply for jobs now. Well, I, I know that from my son's, he just applied for jobs and he was out on Indeed and all the different uh uh, job board so you can you can do that everywhere and of course everybody is sharing and scraping information so it's you know you put it up one place it's like getting 10 of them but um, right now what would you say if you were to give like you say i mean get you know get three estimates or three you know bids kind of is the the main thing but within that are there other things that you would say are kind of rules of the road that you would want to follow so you know the main rule is get three estimates and then make sure you do these things what would those things be and i know we didn't well just so that everybody knows we don't rehearse this nobody <laughs> she never <laughs> you don't know the questions i'm going to ask heck i don't know what they are until we start talking but if you've got you know get three bids what are kind of the next level things you want to make sure if somebody's listening to this and they're going to get three bids, what do you want to make sure that they, they consider? Well, one thing is, do you have three quality bids or do you have three yucky bids <laughs> that aren't even what you want? So that can be a big piece of it. Um, also, you you need to know whatever you're bidding for. If it's like, for example, I've I just did a um, thing for buying buying a training program. Um, we just set up high potentials training here at my company, and um, I got three bids for the the training program. Found out they were also bidding the same thing, um, but I kept thinking there's something better here and so i went and looked at their bids went and googled it found out they were just getting it from a website which i could go directly to that website and so instead of spending instead of spending five thousand dollars which was one of the lower bids i spent 499 dollars got the same thing and i was planning on doing the training self anyway so it was interesting. They, wow. they, you know, they were giving me the bid, but it was for the same stuff. And they, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I know they're trying to make money and trying to do their own businesses, but <laughs> they, you beware of good people who are smart with Google. Um, <laughs> so, no kidding. You know, that, and, that's, that's borderline that's, just uh, fraud. But, yeah, but you know, I you know, I don't really think so. They felt like they were going to bind it up and give you this and they were going to uh, make it their own, make it their own and and stuff like that, but I could do that in seconds and, you know, that's also because I know how to do that. But I found other folks, and I've actually put this um, out on the uh, uh, Sherm website, uh, I think, in the in the connections. And I've had a lot of people who have contacted me wanting to know about my new program, my training program, because, you know, I've figured out how to do it on a dime. How, and sometimes you got to look and say, you know, does this really make sense that I need to spend this much money on this, or is there another way? So you got to critically yeah. know that. And you And, you know, I just knew in my heart that was too much money. 
Well, that's actually kind of a good place for us to kind of wind down and put the tail on this because I, I try to keep these to 20 minutes or less because that is the average commute time in America so far that we know of. Right. Um, that people are at least saying, for those that commute, of course, with IBM saying that he's pulling everybody back, there may be more. Uh, so we do want to kind of close out. I think it's great to, to hear the story and, and, and actually target something a little different, the three bids. I didn't ever would have expected that as an advice, but it's good and I like it. Um, let, let's close out. Is there a place people can find you on the web? I'll put it in the write-up that goes with this podcast, but um, your your website or Twitter handle, do you want to go ahead and give that to everybody? Yeah, my Twitter handle is Paula, the number four, Harvey. So that's easy to find me. I'm on LinkedIn. So Paula Harvey, just make sure there, there's another Paula Harvey here in Houston. And uh, she um, is a friend of mine and we look alike. And so just make wow. sure it's the Paula Harvey. It's an HR. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I never expect – I used to teach an ID theft um, class and used to show her picture up, and it's really funny. So, <laughs> wow. so I moved close to her now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and then, of course, you know, um, I, I only try to do with Facebook friends and family. So, I, But I, I find that Twitter is such a great place, especially to give, you know, 140-character small bits of information, and I, I find that uh, very useful. And, uh, of course, the Shermy people, they love it. <laughs> There you go. Okay. Well, good. So, uh, again, so much. Thanks so much for your time. We had a little bit of a, you guys don't know it in the background, a little technical glitch, but we got it done. Um, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today, and I'll let you know when this all goes live. But thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. 